Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Laura Gassner-Odding. Laura is an executive coach and the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of three books. She's a frequent contributor to Good Morning America, The Today Show, Harvard Business Review, and Oprah Daily. Laura has served as a presidential appointee in the Clinton White House, where she helped shape AmeriCorps, founded, ran, and sold her own global search firm, and is a self-described punch in the face, wrapped in a warm hug. Are you ready for one of those right about now? <laughs> Laura also appeared way back on the show on episode seven, which feels like ancient history now. Her latest book is Wonder Hell, Why Success Doesn't Feel As It Should, and What to Do About It. LGO, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I cannot believe episode seven. Gosh, we're old. <laughs> you look young. I look <laughs> ragged, but whatever. <laughs> you just need a better Zoom filter. That's all. I think I'm going to change. I'm going to play with my settings and we'll, we'll, we'll be good from there. Congrats on the book. What do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew that the tsunami of emotions that come at us when we experience something that we didn't know we could do, we have this achievement, whether we sold our first business or full, sold our first consulting contract, this tsunami of emotions that come at us, this uncertainty, exhaustion, burnout, stress, imposter syndrome, we think that those are limitations, but they're actually invitations to everything else we can do. It's exciting. It's amazing. It's wonderful, but it's also stressful. It's kind of hell. And this moment of wonder hell, which is the moment that your burden of potential walks in and goes, hey, man, what you got for me? What are you going to do? Those are actually exceptionally helpful allies that tell us that we're on the right track. So I'm looking at the cover of your book, and it's a picture of, <clears throat> of an amusement park and a roller coaster. So, how you know, the, the, the analogy is very clear once you start reading, but for those who haven't yet picked up a copy, tell me and them a little bit more about this analogy and why this for Wonder Hell. So I don't know about you, but I, I got kids. I've gone to amusement parks. I was a kid once. You go to an amusement park, and you're like, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to go to all the towns. We're going to go to all the rides. And it's going to be amazing. And then at like three o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, I'm dehydrated. I'm sunburned. The corn dog that I ate is not playing nice with the cotton candy that I'm eating right now. And I'm standing in line for this roller coaster that I don't even know if I want to go on. And I thought this was going to be fun. Why isn't this fun? And I kind of feel like success is sort of the same way. We're like sold this line that you got to just hustle harder and rise and grind and lean in. And as soon as you're successful, everything's going to be great. And then each time we experience success, we're like, I thought this was going to be fun. Why isn't it fun? I just feel I have a bigger hunger and a faster pace and an increased you know, uh, interest in whatever's going on. And we keep waiting to have fun. And the truth is we're never gonna get there because every time we do something, it reveals another version of who else we can become. And so this, this idea that success is this finite destination says that there's just a finite limit to our growth. And I refuse to believe that. I'd imagine your listeners refuse to believe that. That's why they're listening to your show. So, you know, I I I wrote the book in the way that I did because 
just like an amusement park, you can go to any town you want, you can go to any ride that you want in any order you want. And it's like, you can do the same thing with success. It's a secular journey or a cyclical journey where on the other side of this one is just the next one and the next one and the next one after that. So why shouldn't we stop trying to survive these moments, but learn how to thrive in them and actually enjoy the ride? I love that. And part of the stress of success are all these negative emotions and experiences that creep in as a result of that. Take us through some of those negative forces and some of the stops we might meet along the way in Wonder Hell. Yeah, so Wonder Hell is organized in three towns. There's Imposter Town, Doubtsville, and Burnout City. And in each of those towns, there are five rides, each of those rides which evoke the emotions that we feel. So the first one is, is the Imaginarium. You have done this thing, oh my gosh, I've never imagined that I could do this. And inside of that, I now see this vision of who else I could become. That's exciting. And you sort of walk into the Imaginarium, one person, and you leave a different one. And throughout the book, there's lots of rides like that, like the roller coaster, managing uncertainty, the um, the Gravitron, what to do when the bottom falls out, the bumper cars, what happens when you get knocked off course and you can't be perfect anymore. So there's all these different rides, like the whack-a-mole, like how do you deal with the, the constant, you know, everything coming at you like a fire hose? How do you prioritize what's important? And each of us experience all of these emotions differently. So in my first book, Limitless, it was like, here's the problem, here's the solution, here's the things to do. It was very linear. Wonder Hell was much harder to write because all of us experience these different emotions in different ways at different times. And in the book, I interview a hundred different glass ceiling shatterers and Olympic medalists and startup unicorns and everyday people like us. And what I've realized is that at every age and at every stage, they experience crushing doubt and exhaustion and uncertainty and imposter syndrome. And even if they've got a gold medal in their pocket and they're about to go on their next run, they're still feeling, feeling that. So you can't start with one and just this is the ride we all go on. It's all a very different order. So I sort of wrote the book more as this kind of choose your own adventure experience than this sort of linear start to finish book, because our lives are never linear start to finish. Last time I was at an amusement park uh, about a year ago with my kids, they had a fireworks show at the end. And as I was going through the book, I was thinking about that as part of this analogy of how to ride out and ride through these moments in our lives of success and then, and then an invitation for more. And I think about success a lot like fireworks. It's very big and bold and loud and splashy at first. And then it ends and it's just a big fog of smoke. Mm -hmm. So how, how can people get through the fog, the, the lack of clarity and find more comfort and certainty when life doesn't feel so clear? So I think the first thing that we have to do is to renegotiate the relationship that we have with all these emotions. So that idea that life feels uncertain and that it's not clear and I'm not exactly sure where to go and there is this giant fog, we hear that and we go, oh no, there's a problem when really we need to be saying, okay, awesome, I've made it to the other side of this. I expected this to now be foggy. And in the same way that I had to figure out the last fog, I have to figure out this fog. You know, we're often told what whatever what got you here will get you there. And it's not true. What got you here won't get you there, but what got you here is a foundation of of skill building and network creating and and uh curiosity uh, uh driving that will actually help you get to the next place because it's created a a 
a way of being in the world, right? So what's gotten you to this point won't get you there, but it will help you understand what it is you need to do. What questions do you need to ask? Who do you need to connect to? What skills do you need to build? In the same way that last time you were foggy, you were like, hmm, I don't know. And in the interviewing of people in the book, there's uh, one woman, Dory Clark, who I interviewed, who is this incredible author. I think she's been on, on your show. Yeah. And she uh, she is she's a, a master of reinvention of ourselves professionally. But she's also decided that she wanted to learn how to score Broadway musicals, which is like a completely different like 180 turn. And when she was sitting at this uh, in this fellowship program on the very first day and everyone's walking in saying like, I've scored six Broadway musicals. I've won a Tony Award. I'm like co-writing with Lin-Manuel Miranda. She could have said, you don't belong. You've only scored three songs in your entire life. Or she could say, Dory, there've been lots of things you haven't known how to do and you've learned how to do them. You've created confidence in other parts of your life. So it goes to reason that you should be able to figure out how to learn how to do this also. It's not that you're not good at it. You're just not good at it yet. And so when we see that fog, we need to say, it's not that it's not clear. It's just not clear yet because just like at the fireworks show, that fog eventually dissipates and we see the stars again. Yeah, the power of not yet is super Powerful. And we'll link back to that episode with Dory. Also a great conversation. So Laura, knowing that success can leave us feeling empty and maybe a bit depleted, are there things that we can do while still in pursuit of success to arrive with more inner peace and satisfaction? I, I think it's very important that at each moment when we experience success and we see this next possibility, we stop and we ask ourselves, is that what I want? Is that what I want now, right? It might've been what you wanted before. It probably was what somebody else wanted for you, right? Like we all have this definition of success that I, we talked about the last time I was on that was handed to you by somebody else, a parent, a teacher, a friend, a boss, the Kardashians, whoever, like somebody <laughs> who said like, this is what success looks like. And a lot of us, a lot of us decided when we were 15, 16, 17 years old to pick a path to pick a major, to pick a college, to pick a trade. And in that time, we said, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be. This is what my life is going to look like. But when we're 15, 16, 17 years old, we don't have a frontal lobe, like the part of our brain that actually dictates good sound decision-making. And so we're getting asked to make this decision about what's going to affect the very rest of our lives before we literally have the capacity to make a good one. And so each time we stop and we say, okay, I've, 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 I've surmounted this, this, this hurdle. I've, I've reached the top of this mountain. And where, when I'm there, even though from the bottom, I saw the top of the mountain and I went, awesome, I want to go there. When we get to the top, what we see is we see other mountains further beyond. And we go, well, actually, I want to go there. Why? Because we're trained to want to climb to the top of the mountain. But we have to ask ourselves, how much trail mix do I have? How much water do I have? How much daylight is left? And do I actually even want to go there? Is the view good enough from here? So I think we have to stop and remind ourselves what we're chasing, because in the reminding ourselves of what we're chasing, we can remind ourselves why it's important to us. And when we understand why it's important to us, then everything else that's not important begins to fall away. It's not that we're too exhausted and too burned out from doing too much. It's that we're too exhausted and too burned out from doing too much that doesn't actually matter to us. And so if we're doing the things we actually care about, then everything else falls away and we actually get energized by being in the thing about which we are, in fact, passionate. That's such an important distinction. So success is never a solo act. It's, it's always a team sport. So I'm curious, who are the people around you that you consider your success partners? 
I have a number of people around me. Uh, one of them is an author and a speaker by the name of Rahaf Harfouche. She wrote a book called Hustle and Float, uh, which is all about sort of productivity in the creative space, but in a humane way, like not killing ourselves in order to, to, to produce. And she's sort of my work wife. Uh, she lives in, she's a, she's a Syrian born Canadian who lives on a farm outside of uh, Lyon in France. So she she is an she is a night person. I'm a morning person. So we talk every Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., which is her afternoon, my morning. It like works out great. Um, and we talk a lot. We've been doing it every week since about six months before the pandemic. So we have been going for almost three years. And we talk about what we're working on. We talk about what's getting in our way, what the resistance points are. She can hear in my voice when I'm really excited about something. And she can also hear in my voice when I am, I have a look good goal, you know, the goals that look good on the wall, but I don't really want. And she'll be like, well, let me just push back. Are you sure you want that? Um, I have another uh, speaker author who I, who I talk to text with all day long, Tasha Yurik, who is a, a, an, an exceptional, uh, uh, she's the, the top self-awareness coach in the world. She read my entire manuscript for Wonder Hell before I submitted it and took a red pen to the entire thing and was basically like, this is amazing. This is peak LGO. This is motivational BS and you need some research here, right? So the kinds of people who you have around you who can see you at your best, even if you don't even realize that that's peak LGO and also say, and by the way, that's nonsense. And my PhD industrial organizational psychologist self is not going to let you get away with publishing that because you're better than that, right? So who are the people who lift you up and who never let you down, but who don't let you settle for mediocrity also? I think those are the ones that we need to have around us all the time. So that right balance of challenge and support. Yes, yes. Before Limitless came out, I had another author speaker friend. Can I curse? Can I curse on your show? Am I allowed to do that? Uh, my editors might bleep it out, but go okay. ahead. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to give you a lot of bleeping right now. Uh, Carrie Lorenz, who is the first female F-14 fighter pilot. Oh, I know where it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard this? You've heard this story? No, yeah. but I know Carrie. <laughs> okay, so Carrie reads Limitless before I send it to the publisher, and I think it's great. I'm like, it's done. I think it's fine. It's like, it's it's good. It's not amazing, but it's like, it's the best book I could do at the time. And I sent it to her because I'm hoping she'll blurb it. And I don't really know her that well at the time. Uh -huh. And she calls me up, and I'm thinking I'm going to get praise. And I didn't get praise. And she was like, Laura, you're really effing smart. And the book is really effing good, but you are way too effing smart for the book just to be really effing good. You need to make it really effing great. And then I'll blurb the out of it. <laughs> okay. Right. Talk about somebody who won't let you settle for mediocrity. Not only that, then she spent 45 minutes on the phone with me, helping me understand exactly where the problem was. And then connecting me to her editor who helped me make the book really effing great. Right. Yeah. Like these are the kinds of people like she could have just been like, yeah, yeah, here's your blurb, move on. But people who actually take the time, who see you, who see what you're capable mm -hmm. of doing and don't let you go out into the world with less than what you can actually really do. And so I think to bring it all together, going through Wonder Hell is a lot easier when you're going through it with people who really know you, see you, support you and challenge you. Absolutely. And and if you don't have people in your life who are telling you that you can do better, you don't have the right people. Now, if you have people in your life that are telling you you're not good enough, that's a different story, right? So we got to make sure that the people who are around us don't just see what we are doing, but see what we can be doing and help us get there. The book is Wonder Hell. The author, she is effing great, <laughs> <laughs> is Laura Gassner Odding. Laura, thank you for sharing your wish with us today. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been great fun. 
Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.